everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And I'm not Andrew Spence. No, he is not, but we are I... here this week. Uh, hold on. Okay, you were, okay, sorry, I didn't <laughs> let you dramatically pause long enough to say your real name. My name is Matt. Go on. One more, you want to get a clean take on that? My name is Matthew Gallion. Why, thank you, Matthew Gallion. <laughs> And at least two-thirds of us are here to tell you about why you should be optimistic about tech football this season. Because we have, I believe I counted a second ago, 14 transfers to talk about right now. Yeah, skipping deep in those DMs, boy. Who are you people? (laughs) Janet? Marty? (laughs) Yeah, so before we jump into like who those players are... I just wanted to start out this conversation by asking you guys what like coming out of the 2020 season and how weird and kind of awful it ended. What would you guys say like the football team really needed to make you confident we could win? I don't know, five games this year. Like, was it a, a leader, a position that you felt like we needed to to shore up in the offseason or, you know, what would make you feel confident that we could contend? in this upcoming season? Uh, it starts and ends at the quarterback. Okay. That's, that's just the way it is. You need a good defense, and I'll let someone else speak to that because I'm much more interested in the offensive side of the ball. Uh, but you need a good... You ha- it's ends, It starts and stops with the quarterback. And Sloth wasn't getting it done. Uh, I, he, I mean, we'll always have the Southern Miss game where I was in my underpants, passed out in my doorway. We'll always, <laughs> we'll always have that. We'll always like, have yellow shirt guy. You mean oh, they're, right. a, they're AD? They're, they're AD. <laughs> yeah, poor I guy. I know, but to me, his his yeah his resume says yellow shirt guy on it. <laughs> yes. So we'll always have Luke Anthony's contributions in that game. He had some other bright spots. Aaron Allen, who I was a huge supporter of, just never really rose to the occasion. And that kind of makes me wonder if Skip is even really, or if LaTeX is even really that decent at recruiting quarterbacks because since. Skip's taken over. Which quarterbacks has he recruited that have been successful? He didn't J-Mar. recruit right. He didn't recruit. Yeah, Jamar. That's it. That's the list. Okay, sure. And if you look at the history that Skip's had of transferring in quarterbacks, that has been successful. Suckle hmm. was pretty darn good. He threw 30 touchdowns and only a handful of picks. Won the uh, Heart of Dallas Bowl against Illinois. I'll take that any day. Uh, Driscoll came in. Did very well. Won another bowl game, I think, against Arkansas State. New Orleans Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. You're, you're uh, not mistaken. He played very well. So Skip's track record of bringing in seasoned quarterbacks who may have not been super successful at a higher level and coming in and playing very well at our level is pretty good. That being said, and I guess we'll get to this later, I'm not so high on this Austin Kendall kid, but if he can rise to the occasion, I think Tech will have a very successful season. Yeah, I mean, I disagree that it starts and ends with the quarterback. I think it ends with the quarterback, but I think it starts with the offensive line. You have to give your quarterback time to be able to throw the ball, and that just didn't happen last year. The amount of times that we had to throw the quick outs to the flat or the time that, the amount of times that we had to find some way of getting the quarterback three seconds to get the ball out of his hand was laughable. And so, um, again, sneak previewing ahead a little bit. We have some offensive linemen coming in that could turn that around by game one. Well, and a new offensive line coach and a new philosophy. It looks like, um, you know, who is that name of that new coach? 
uh, uh, Guglielmo, Dave is, de Guglielmo. Is it Gerben Gugli Bermahebedov? <laughs> yes. The dictator. Just like Coach Googe, it looks like on Twitter. Yeah, I will. I will never refer to him as that. I will only call him Coach Gooch. (laughs) We have the nickname already, and he Um, will love it. It seemed like last year. I mean, it wasn't all COVID issues. It was some of you know just the offensive line not gelling in general, and that was the main problem on the team. Nathan, if you didn't bring that up, that was going to be my, my number one key uh, need for this upcoming year. But uh, since you took that, I'll go ahead and say uh, the defensive line was pretty good last year, led by Milton Williams, who is of course gone. Um, The linebacking core was actually the best linebackers that I remember since I've been following the team, but the defensive backs, you know, with the loss of a meek and Legarius, our boy, uh, Matt's boy, the chief, you know, I like him a lot. It it was not great last season. We didn't have that ability to lock down a number one receiver like we've had for several years with Amik, you know, as the the kind of island on the defense. And uh, Cedric Woods had flashed some good moments, but he was, I believe, a true freshman last year, if I'm remembering correctly. So it's right not to fair to expect. A meek level play from another true freshman that's kind of thrown in when two guys declare early for the draft (laughs) and and go in the the fourth round in successive picks, you know, so I'm excited for what Cedric Woods might bring to the table. But honestly, uh, I could probably remember some of the other names offhand here, but they didn't like impress enough for me to just remember them immediately. Right. So that would that would be my biggest key on the defensive side of the ball. Also, uh we need a punter. Um, I don't know if we got yes. one or not. I don't remember, but somebody who can kick the ball far on fourth down would be great. Those are our big holes that coming into the year that we had. We had a quarterback, yeah. we had offensive line, and we had secondary. And those and a few other places that, you know, now that I think about it, it's pretty nice to have some transfers in. Those all got plugged. Yeah, and, and running back too. I mean, we could mention, I mean, Henderson just kind of completely falling off last year and then declaring that he was sitting out for the draft um sort of puzzling puzzlingly is that a word yeah puzzle just pu- and he didn't did he go anywhere no what a shock um and then you know and it is what it is but he didn't have a very good season last year so uh tucker had a good season and then he kind of i think he announced that he was um just done with football which is fair because being a running back is you know brutal on your body so um that was a huge question mark going into this season. Cause we had some younger guys, Greg Garner, Harlan Dixon, who we're all really excited about, but there's no real like proven commodity at that position either. So honestly, you know, without considering transfers, I think it would be very hard to see this team in 2021 being a bowl team. Honestly, just tired of losing the UAB man. Hey, we beat UAB last year. Yeah, but not yeah. when it mattered. I mean, we didn't win the conference. That's all I give a shit so about. You're tired of not winning the conference. It's not the UAB then. I just want to win the conference, and UAB has won the conference, and Tech has not. Yeah, so let's talk about the guys that will hopefully bring the Bulldogs a conference championship trophy. Yeah. First up, the big name transfer from West Oklahoma via West Virginia. West Oklahoma? Oh, God. <laughs> We've been bamboozled. <laughs> We've been snuckledorfed. That's not even a word, I agree with you, boy. Austin Kendall. 
<sighs> is that how he pronounces his surname? It's horrible. I I think it's Kendall, but I don't know. Nathan's the name butcherer here, so I'll, oh, yeah, <laughs> I I got to do it intentionally now. I think, his name is make sure. Austin Kendall. <laughs> it makes his last name yeah, sound uh, like he's Barbie's boyfriend. <laughs> um, oh man <laughs> i'm gonna photoshop that man's head onto a ken doll now that's funny yeah so i look forward to seeing it but yeah i mean my original po- name for the post i have on the gtpdd blog was austin can do it ken dash all and Brutal. moved away from that pretty quickly but yeah he at least out of high school seemed like he could do it all highly recruited i know that he you don't go to Oklahoma for being a piece of shit, at least playing wise. So yeah, I think, I, we, I, I, watched, I, think, I think we know my opinion about this guy, but as the optimist, what do you guys think? Yeah. I, I mean, I watched a video. I think that Josh sent us in the chat about, um, you know, somebody kind of giving an overview of his college career. And um, he, so he goes to Oklahoma and he backs up Baker Mayfield in his first year. And then he's kind of supposed he, he's supposed to be the heir apparent to Baker Mayfield, but they got um, um, Kyler, Kyler Murray, Murray transferred in, who, of course, went on to win the Heisman uh, that season as well. So uh, he really only got mop-up duty, and then he ends up losing the the quarterback battle the next year because um, Jalen Hurts transferred in. So, um, you know, it, it's – or wait, he lost the quarterback battle to Kyler Murray. Jalen Hurts. Oh, yeah. And then transferred out because they had – Jalen Hurts coming Jalen in. Hurts transfer in, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, he just wasn't what Lincoln Riley and that football and that uh, offensive staff were looking for at Oklahoma, I guess. And, you know, he wasn't terrible when he came up in mop-up duty for them, but, you know, that doesn't really, you know, say a whole lot. He's coming in like the fourth quarter of blowouts against, like, Texas Tech and stuff. I don't know. But um, Kansas. But also, like, losing out to Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts – Right. Isn't exactly the resume killer that we consider that we've had from... starting in the NFL. Yeah. 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 So so he decides to transfer out, goes to West Virginia, and he was the starter there, I think, for for his first year, right, Nathan? Yes, at least for most of his first year. Ends up losing his job uh down the stretch. Really his issue was turnovers, I think. And really I think the issue was just West Virginia was not a good football team. Yeah, that was His that was their first, first year, year after their coach uh, Holgerson left, or was they kind of like mutually agreed to part ways? I think, and they didn't really have an identity. I think they went like four and eight or three and nine that year. So just not a very good football team. And you know, being the quarterback of a not good team is you're going to get blamed for a lot of stuff that's maybe not your fault. But still, his stats aren't like mind boggling or anything like that. Yeah, it, really in either direction. Really, the biggest issue was turnovers. Um, at West Virginia, he played in 11 games through 61% uh, completion percentage, uh, 2,153 yards. But really the big thing and possibly the resume killer and why he's not at another P5 school and why Tech was able to grab him, 14 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. But at the same time, the way I look at it is that West Virginia was not going to win unless he, Jameis winston it and just threw into coverage and tried to hope for the best. And hopefully Tech won't be in that position. I haven't seen any film or any highlights or lowlights of his time at West Virginia. I guess I should go scour the internet for some. It seems like West Virginia games, even though they had a shitty season, should be widely available for me to look at and see how bad those interceptions are. Because if he's throwing it into triple coverage, that's one thing. But it's like batted balls or 
silly stuff like that. I think that paints a different picture. I've seen some highlights, but I I would definitely need to go back, maybe make a super cut of all 10 interceptions. I mean, I, I think the most interesting thing about this guy is that, so he actually, to finish out his West Virginia career, he, you know, he had been benched for the whole 2020 season, basically. And their starting quarterback got hurt in the first half against Army in their bowl game. And so here's this guy who's, he's a senior. He's, you know, he's been benched. His career hasn't gone anywhere close to the way he thought it was going to go. And he gets called upon in the second half to come back from behind and win this game. And he does. So he kind of goes out a hero and, um, you know, looking at West Virginia fans on Twitter, you know, they're all like, you know, happy for him that he got another chance to like shine there at the end because, you know, it didn't go the way that they wanted it to go for him either, obviously. But he announced that he was putting his name in the transfer portal and they kind of wished him the best. And then nothing happened because this transfer, by the way, was announced like a week and a half ago. He announced that he was entering the portal in January, like January 10th or something like that. So it turns out that he actually had like given up on football and got a job, you know, just like as a pharmaceutical rep or something. And, uh, and I I think, I think what that means, and maybe Nathan, you may have thoughts about this too, but I think skip believes in Luke Anthony, but I think Luke Anthony's recovery from that brutal leg injury isn't going as well as maybe we all hoped. And I don't have any insider information on that. That's just my speculation. So even uh, if it did, like, let's say you believe in Luke Anthony, but a former four-star quarterback is in the portal. Like, Luke Anthony may be good to play by week one, but there's a lot of ifs in there. And there's a lot of ifs about whether he's even up to the form he was when he took the field against TCU. And if this guy is sitting there and sitting in a pharmaceutical office taking calls for whatever, and he's a possibility, you take him. This this is a an obvious call to me no matter who you else you have on the bench. Luke Anthony, who knows? COVID messed everything up when it comes to how many years you have. And he's injured now, too. So maybe you take a medical redshirt year or whatever. Maybe he comes back next year and pulls a, a Ryan Higgins. A second-year senior. Yeah, and blows us out of the water the way that UAB did with all of their players. Um, just who knows? But I don't think this is an indictment on him. I don't think it was really an indictment oh, no. on Aaron Allen either. But this guy is sitting here. You take this guy that could definitely has a much higher ceiling than anyone you have on the roster right now. Well, and honestly, it, it may even speak to the other transfers that we got. You know, like maybe Skip was figuring this was going to be a rebuild year. So let's stick with the guys we got. And then all of a sudden you get 13 other transfers and you're like, holy shit, we could we might be able to do this thing. And this four star guy is still sitting there. Let's uh, let's see what he's got, you know. Well, we've talked about him for a while. I am kind of curious to hear who these other transfers are that I wasn't even aware of. Oh, yeah. There's some there's some good ones. Man. There's some exciting ones. At least offensively speaking, what are we looking at here? I, I would say the biggest one outside of Kendall is the running back transfer, Keon Henry Brooks, who this was announced a couple weeks ago as well. He's a uh, running back from Vanderbilt. He started two years, um, 17 games at Vanderbilt. Maybe not starting all those games, but he appeared in 17 games. He was a three-star athlete out of high school, had offers from Marshall and UTSA, as well as Arkansas State, among others. Ends up going to Vanderbilt, 
And I believe they just fired their coach and got a new guy in. And I guess he didn't want to uh, stick around for all that. So did they just waive the sitting out thing for kids because of COVID? Yeah. Oh, well, no, that's that's just gone now. You can transfer once. No shit. That's fantastic. You can transfer one time and be immediately eligible. Yeah, that is fantastic. That was the dumbest rule. So in at Vanderbilt, he appeared in 17 games, like I said, had 176 attempts for 746 yards, which is 4.2 yards per carry. Only three touchdowns, though. But he had a lot of buzz around him. And back in April, Rivals.com had him as the best running back still available in the portal. And there were articles like on uh, the SEC blog, Saturdays Down South. Uh, This article is titled, Why These SEC Teams Should Line Up to Get Keon Henry Brooks. And it's it's making the case for why Mizzou, Tennessee, Auburn, and Georgia should, should sign this guy. And so he comes to us. He he's kind of a quick back. He's where's he from? He is from Powder Springs, Georgia. Oh, OK. So he's kind of way out of his element. Geographically speaking, he should still have three years of eligibility. left. Too, I think. <laughs> yeah. So this is this is like a big deal, not only for this season, but because Austin Kendall, he's going into his last season of eligibility. But, um, you know, watching some tape on this guy, he hits the hole really quickly. He makes really quick decisions, which is something that we've been sorely missing at the running back position for a couple of years now. You know, it, he's got the shake and bake moves that we came to associate with a, with a guy like Boston Scott. He's not probably not quite as fast as Boston Scott, but I think he's going to fill that kind of role in this offense. And I don't know if Nathan, if you have any other thoughts about him to add. Yeah. From that article from Saturday down South that you mentioned a second ago, um, this line really kind of jumped out at me uh, or this paragraph really of his 752 scrimmage yards, 494 came on the ground, 258 came in the passing game. Uh, This was a guy who's not afraid to be a receiver out of the backfield. Um, Also quoted from the article, he has PFF's second best receiving grade among SEC tailbacks. You know who else was an SEC tailback that had a very nice receiving grade and is currently on the New Orleans Saints? That must be Alvin Um, Kamara. This guy, I would be surprised if he's able to do to tech what Kamara's been able to do for the Saints. Yeah, Keon Henry Brooks is Alvin Kamara. (laughs) Quote Nathan on that. (laughs) Reincarnate while Kamara still lives. But... (laughs) Just having, I don't think we've ever had a receiver or had a running back that had this kind of talent for receiving out of the backfield. I'm excited to see what that, what happens with that. Yeah. I mean, and, and judging by the offensive line play last year, we could definitely use, we could use that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, this is a really exciting, I know like Ben was teasing this for a long time on the forums and saying like, he couldn't say anything for sure because it wasn't like a done deal until he showed up in Ruston. And then, you know, once it was announced, it was like, oh, holy shit. Like he wasn't kidding. Like this is a really big deal. So, um, yeah, there were there were other teams in the mix for this guy and he chose tech. Uh, I didn't see like why he chose tech, but hey. Well, there's got to be a reason these kids aren't going to sign on to play for a shitty team. Uh, it probably speaks to something you guys are hinting at and maybe you're starting to turn me. That oh. you sell the you sell these athletes, whether professionally or at the amateur level, on the project. The project being the team that you're signing on to be a part of. So if 
the project Skip and his coaches have cooked up is exciting enough to lure in players like this, maybe the team is going to be better than I'm giving it credit for. Yeah. And I, I think it's also a matter of looking at what tech has been able to do in terms of putting players into the NFL, you know, even at the running back position, Boston Scott, Kenneth Dixon had a few years in the NFL and, and I believe is um, playing in. Yeah. He's, he's in, yeah, he's the, in the CFL, CFL right now. So, I, I mean, look, putting guys in the NFL, that, that's what these kids want, right? I mean, they, most of them anyway, want to have a shot and we've got a proven track record that, you know, maybe he would have made the NFL from Vanderbilt. I don't know what Vanderbilt's numbers look like, but not great. We, ha- we have a, a, a proven track record in the last five years of putting two running backs in the NFL. And so that's not bad, especially for a school of our, you know, stature and the competition level that we're playing against. Like, look, if you prove yourself at this level, the NFL will take a chance on you. So, right. um, yeah. So I, yeah. Yeah. And, and obviously Sneed is like, <laughs> God, if it, that may be the only reason why we have all these defensive backs transferring in, which I that think is be. the next one on the list here. And Amik really hasn't had his time to shine yet, but when he gets his turn, oh, I'm man. certain he, I'm certain he will, but, Sneed has been exceptional. He had some injury issues, but before, but even, I mean, I mean he, everybody he knows who Sneed is right now. Like yeah, if you're and, an NFL fan, you know who Legarius Sneed is. And that is so crazy to me because he wasn't even the best cornerback on our team. Like that's no. so crazy. And he also did not have a very good Super Bowl, but uh, well, he was going nobody, up against a hall. Nobody on Kansas City really did. No, not well. The kicker um, did. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, speaking of defensive backs, Nathan, who's the next guy we have here to talk about? Next up is defensive back Balen Buchanan. What a name. Is that Drew Brees' son? <laughs> it is not, but it is the son of Ray Buchanan, who is an all-pro linebacker for the Colts and Falcons. Nice. Where did he go to college? Ray Buchanan? Yes. Uh, hold on. To, to the internet. <laughs> Ray Buchanan went to Louisville. So uh, Louisiana Tech, Louisville, I don't know. There's no. some kind of connection there. The, the real UL. There you go. What about... Uh, <laughs> So is this, uh, where did he transfer in from, this young Buchanan? Buchanan transferred in from Tennessee. Huh. He yeah. was a three-star recruit out of high school. He announced his transfer to Tech way back in January, which feels like forever ago. Right. Uh, but yeah, uh, his stat line as a volunteer, he played in 31 games, had 13 starts. Um, from there, I mean, it's a defensive back, so stat- traditional stats are a little weird, but 73 tackles, three tackle for loss, five pass breakups, uh, did not have a single interception, but I mean, I'm not even sure if Tennessee has a single interception all year. So is this his last year of eligibility? Um, I don't know. With the COVID stuff, it's so it, hard to it's tell. It's hard to tell. It might be, though. Uh, and he's also getting up there in age, too. Started every game in 2018, but he was injured for 2019 and 2020. Um, so those 31 games came a little while ago. Uh, but as a freshman, when he first came onto campus at Tennessee, he was one of the first players to lose his freshman helmet sticker. It's something that I read earlier, which is basically once you learn the playbook, they take the freshman sticker off your helmet. So huh. he was one of the quickest to adapt and learn the new playbook, which is a good sign for someone transferring to Louisiana Tech to possibly yeah. play only one year here. Yeah, that's I mean, hey, I'll take it. I will, too. Yeah. And I mean, his stats aren't like super mind boggling, but 31 games of experience at the SEC level is not a bad thing. Definitely. Um, and speaking of the SEC level, we actually have a couple more defensive backs transferring in from the SEC. 
the first of which is Elijah Hamilton, who was also at Vanderbilt um, with our boy Keon Henry Brooks. And he played in 41 games, had 38 tackles and three passes broken up. He was also a team captain for the Commodores in 2020. So a, uh, a nice little, um, you know, a bit of leadership transferring in. And also similar to our boy Balin Buchanan, his father is Ruffin Hamilton, who was a former linebacker in the NFL for the Packers and Falcons. So nice little uh, pedigree coming in here in Hamilton and Buchanan. We got tired of hiring the sons of famous yeah. coaches to be our coaches. Now we're getting in the transfers of yes. former NFL players. <laughs> um, but yeah, the other SEC guy that we got coming in as a defensive back, Miles Mason. Uh, he's listed on the roster as a junior, so I imagine he has two years that he's able to play here at Louisiana Tech. His stat line as a Razorback, he played in 27 games, had 58 tackles and a one and a half tackles for loss. Again, no picks. But, I mean, again, these three guys all have starting experience at SEC programs, and they're on Tech's roster now. And not having interceptions isn't necessarily all that bad. They could just be so good they're not thrown to their side of the field. That's probably not what it is. But uh, <laughs> I mean, look, these guys are all former three, maybe even four star guys, and they're now going to be on a, a team that I just finished saying not 10 minutes ago was deficient in defensive back play last year. So even if it's just depth pieces, I'm totally OK with that. And especially with the number of games these guys have played in. I mean, we're talking about yeah, they're they're not coming in about almost 100 games of experience coming in here in these three guys. And yeah, then. That's not even not the best one. Defensive backs. Yeah, that's not even the best one. So we got we got Jaquez Payton, a cornerback, a true cornerback, um, transferring in from Jacksonville State. Which you may say, okay, well, that's not the SEC. But look, look at these stats: thirty-eight games appeared in, thirty-two starts with one hundred and fifty-eight tackles. My holy god! Fifty-two pass breakups. Jesus Christ! And six picks. I'm this more blown guy, away by the breakups. This guy. Jesus. was the number yeah. one cornerback at Jacksonville State for several years. I believe he played as a tr- or uh, a, a redshirt freshman um, because none other than current Tech defensive coordinator David Blackwell, ah, David Blackwell was the defensive coordinator at Jacksonville State during Peyton's um, freshman year at Jacksonville State. So 52 pass breakups. I mean, so is this his last year then? Is he a senior? The way you're making it sound. Uh, it says he's a graduate, so I would guess that means sure. he only has one year. What he graduated a... from high school in 2015. My God, he's still playing football six years later in college. Yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. So, yeah, so this is his so, COVID senior year, basically. Exactly. Uh, well, why did he? Ch- well, I guess I'm just back to he must have been impressed with the project they have going on in Ruston. Why else would these guys go there? And honestly, honestly, this guy feels like a holy shit, two defensive backs just got drafted from this place. And I don't know when the last time a, a Jacksonville State defensive back was drafted, to be fair. Not often. So maybe it happens regularly, and I'm just shitting on them for no reason. But uh, Jacquez Payton last season as a redshirt junior had 79 total tackles, 54 solo, 26 pass breakups, and three picks. Well, that's ridiculous, man. 26 I mean, pass breakups in one pass- season. It's the pass breakups for me. Now, yeah, so, I, oh, man. I, I mean, teams were still throwing against it. So this guy comes in and immediately, I think he's our number one cornerback, even above these SEC guys, even above Cedric Woods. 
I mean, uh, obviously we still got fall camp to go and everything, but my God, like those stats, 52 pass breakups. Oh my God. Like, by the yes. way, uh, Jacksonville state had a cornerback drafted in 2018. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> Siren Neal to Buffalo that's, in the fifth round. That's not 2020. So 2012. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, th- this defensive backcourt is, you know, like I, I made the Patrick Starr reference earlier, but really, you know, when we're watching them against Mississippi State on September 4th, it's going to be like, wait, who? Who is that? Who is the, what? Whose number is that? Like, you're going to need your roster printed out to watch this, that game. What's this guy's name again? Jacquez Payton. Payton. There's one more defensive player left to talk about. This guy is a transfer from a community college, Trinity Valley Community College. This is a defensive lineman, so not a cornerback or defensive back. Uh, but he transferred in from Trinity Valley where he played 11 games, had 29 tackles, four tackles for loss, and three sacks. Um, and he'll have at least two years at Tech. So that's everyone on the defense. Based on how Evan talked a second ago, it sounds like Peyton's his most excited for. Um, Matt, who are you most excited for out of this defensive oh, transfer bunch? Absolutely Peyton. Uh, yeah. it's not, it, I haven't even seen the young man play. I don't even know what he. I have no idea what he looks like. I don't know anything about this young man. But he based is solely six foot one, one seventy. Okay, from, that is like prototypical quarterback size for the NFL. Yeah, that's, that's like he's tall. He's he's a lot taller than like Amik. You know, sure, Amik, Amik is like five <laughs> nine. That's a very a low day. bar, literally. Yeah, <laughs> but the thing is, that is how tall are you? You're not that tall. <laughs> don't don't be tall enough. Don't be shitting on these dudes' height. Come on. I was going to say, but anyway, he's got that prototypical size, but solely based off the stats that was just read. Good Lord. How can you not be excited about a player like that? Yeah. And and that's the kind of shit that makes you be like, hold on. I thought we were only going to win four games, but now I'm like, uh, six, seven. Like I'm trying to see if he's going to wear number one. That'd be hype. He was not been given an official number yet. So Khalil Ladlar is number one on the roster. Sad. Another cornerback. So. Well, uh, most excited about uh, Peyton for sure. Just can't wait to see him play. Can I start yeah. with the hot takes already? Uh, for the love of God, yes. Elijah Hamilton will have a better year than Jacquees Peyton. Wow, interesting, interesting. We talked. We spent a long time on hot on height. Uh, Hamilton is six foot two. Oh okay. God, so he has a whole inch up on do Peyton. We, do we know if he's a safety or a cornerback? We don't. They don't really put that on the... Uh, did, did Zach Hannibal change his first name to Zeno? Seems a little aggressive. <laughs> he did. His nickname wow. is Zeno, and that's what they list him as on the roster now. Well, you know, what the uh-huh. hell? It's not like he legally changed his name. Zachary O'Neill Hannibal, his nickname is Zeno. Hamilton played as a reserve cornerback in 2019 for Vanderbilt. Yeah, so good I thing. imagine cornerback. Good thing Peyton's last name isn't Burr. <laughs> I mean, here. I mean, again, the height I think is really the big thing, but also on this team, looking at just what's listed here, Peyton's weight is 170. Hamilton's is 203. Yeah, and I realize 170 is light, but that kid's got to fly. Oh, I mean, yeah. seriously, his 40 must be re- insane. It's got to be. And those stats, I don't really care what level you're playing at. Like those stats are well, impressive. obviously a high Hell. level. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Well, yeah. I, I mean, personally speaking. Competition wise, yeah, he's playing in the SWAC previously, but he's got he had 26 pass breakups last season. That's insane. 
Yeah, he That's insane. Just jocking on the haters, man. Yeah. Jacquezin on the haters. Um, oh, God. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I so- think Peyton's going to have a great year. I just, I think that at the end of the year, both of y'all will agree with me and say that Elijah Hamilton was the better okay. quarterback. How about this? Peyton okay. gets Peyton gets 12 interceptions. Hamilton gets 13. <laughs> okay, I'm down. Yes, okay, I'll so take that. And both of them get 120 uh, tackles, 40 for loss. <laughs> 40? <laughs> doesn't even so make sense. They're also our pass rushers. <laughs> yes, it doesn't even and, have to make sense. And if they're playing that well, we may need them to play offense too. But yes. hopefully we won't, we won't need them to thanks to some of these transfers. Um, we have, was this one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys on the offensive side of the ball. In um, addition and that's not to even including yeah. the guys we talked about earlier and uh, Kendall and Henry Brooks. First up, I think, is one of the more interesting ones because mostly it's not an offensive lineman. Um, the <laughs> wide receiver slash punt returner, Samuel Emilis. What an Again, interesting name. I will have to check the pronunciation and never correct myself. But he comes to Tech via UMass, where as a Minuteman, he had 59 receptions, 653 yards, and seven touchdowns. Also was uh, charged with doing punt returns, where he had four of them for 14.3 average yards per punt return. Um, Not bad stats receiving. Yeah. Bill Steele, uh, which I believe is CBS, had him as the all-independent first-team punt returner heading into 2020. Um, yeah, it, they only played four games last season, if I remember correctly. And, and he had seven touchdowns in four games. No, no, no. That's in oh, his career, career which gotcha. is three yeah. years. I was um, be like, good Lord, seven touchdowns in four games. Yeah, but uh, he's he's a, a tall guy too, six foot one, almost two hundred pounds. Also from Canada, so Montreal, yes. Quebec is his hometown, which is interesting. Um, hey, we can be friends. He should. Uh, he should only have one year left because he's a grad student, I think. But again, who knows with COVID. So uh, maybe he just wrapped up his degree really fast at UMass. I don't know. But um, what, what I find interesting is that we've we, we played him already. Oh, a few oh. years back. Yeah. When we went up back to, in 2019. Uh, yeah. Did he have they came to Rustin? Did he have any yeah. stats against us? 69 to 21. He did have stats. OK. As a matter of fact. Um, he did not lead the receipt the team in receiving, but he did manage to have two receptions for 27 yards, and that's it. Nice. I mean, hey, they didn't they didn't do much of anything that game. That that was the game that I was listening to on the radio on the way back. Uh, Catherine and I were driving back from Florida, and I just kept laughing because we scored like four touchdowns in like five minutes of real time, and, sh- and she was like, "Oh my god." Why are they being so mean to UMass? And I was like, I don't know, but I'm enjoying the hell out of this. Yeah, with 10 minutes and 57 seconds left in the second quarter, so only five minutes into that second quarter, Tech was leading 42 to zero. Yeah, it's pretty rough. <laughs> and that was Tech in, in 2018, yeah. right? And J. Mar Smith. Yeah. My, is that well, 2018 or 2019? That's 2019. Okay, so... Kind of crazy that he would... Uh, yeah, that... Just the idea of, hey, I'm going to Rustin to play a game. And then a couple of years later, oh, I'm going to play in Rustin. Just kind of wacky how they. He saw the deck and was like, fuck yeah. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> that is what cinched the deal. I'm tired of playing in the literal Patriots home stadium. I, I got to go play at Joe IA. Anyway, enough of that. Uh, since Kid is coming in, 
who else is coming in? Yeah. So I, I guess to transition from the wide receiver, we've also got another running back who, if it wasn't for Keon Henry Brooks transferring in a couple weeks ago, this guy would be one of the bigger names on this list. His name is uh, Marcus Williams Jr. Played previously at Appalachian State, appeared in 42 games with six starts, but he was kind of a, a 1B option, I think, for them for a, for a couple years. He has 400 career carries for 2,216 yards. That's 5.5 per carry, 14 touchdowns. He has six career games with 100-plus rushing yards. So, I mean, this is a guy that's a workhorse back, and he's coming in. He's going to be competing with Keon Henry Brooks, and it'll be a 1A, 1B situation again, which is something that he's been um, for his career. And I almost see him as our as our kind of feature back, and then Keon Henry Brooks as our, you know, third down guy or our, uh, you know, two back formation guy. So it'll be really interesting to watch that play out in camp. But again, this is a guy that I think was the before July, this was the splash name on our list. And now it's kind of like, well, we got Austin Kendall and Keon Henry Brooks. So who who is this guy? But I think he'll be, that may be my hot take is that he'll be the better of the two running backs this season. Sure. 400 rushes for 2,200 yards. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of yards and 5.5 yards per carry and 400 carries playing at a high level at App State. I mean, that's, that's good shit right there. I will take that any day. I was about to make my uh, Justin Henderson won't be the leading rusher on the 2020 team bet and just keep it going by making the Marcus Williams will outrush Keon Henry Brooks. But we have one more offensive weapon to talk about. And uh, do you want to guess what position, Matt? Uh, offensively? Yeah, yes. obviously. Weapons. Obviously. Oh, offensive weapons. weapon, too. <sighs> what is it, another running back? Well, we've talked about two running backs and a wide receiver. Let's talk about a tight end. Huh. We're not really a tight end offense. Yeah, I, I can't even tell you like the last tight end we had other than that random quarterback who transitioned to tight end and then I never heard his name called again. But hopefully a solid uh, junior college tight end can become the best tight end in Louisiana Tech history. I'm putting that <laughs> bar now because it's a very low bar. Ivan Thomas... He originally committed at the FBS level to FIU conference mate, uh, where he played 11 games, had two starts, had seven receptions for 44 yards. Okay. Nothing really all that special there. <laughs> but then he transferred to Hutchinson Community College. Hey, that is in Hutchinson, Kansas. And they have one of the most incredible community college campuses in the United States because the world-famous Cosmosphere is on their campus, huh. which is the largest museum of American and Soviet space paraphernalia in the entire world. Why wow. have I not been here before? But yeah, so Ivan Thomas at Hutchinson Community College. <laughs> eight games, 19 receptions, 351 yards, and six touchdowns. So 19 catches, six touchdowns. Wow. That's the definition of a red zone threat. So just yeah. every every six catches, basically, he's catching touchdowns. Every six catches, every, he scores every, six points. Every Wait, how many touchdowns did he have? I don't know. I, I was using your math wow. for it. Every three catches. 3.1 catches. Don't trust a liberal arts major unless it's Evan. <laughs> well, no, don't yeah, trust but me. That, that, the six for six was, a, was an easier thing to say. But yeah, every like, three catches, he scores six points. I'm very bad at math. So, uh, But he only had 19 receptions? 
Yeah, in eight games. What is I it, mean, is that this is the tight end again we're talking about, right? Yes. Okay, so he's like a. I mean, shit. I mean, I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> what were these guy? How tall is this fella? Did we talk about that? Like six like, foot four. Six four. Okay, so he's a big old boy. Uh, I'm all for that. I mean, red zone threats are fantastic because I feel like just off the eye test, I feel like Tech has not been super great in the red zone the last year or so. I don't know if that's true, but it certainly feels like it after having I, watched. I think the stats would back that up, yeah. Yeah, it just feels like we struggled a lot once we got inside the 20. So uh, anytime you talk about bringing – see, I'm tell- I have totally changed my opinion of this upcoming <laughs> season based off everything we talked about tonight. Well, And, and the crazy and thing is – we're not even is, done. Yeah, we haven't even talked about probably the most important position group outside of quarterback. I'm taking uh, it that we got some good offensive line transfers too. Yeah, well – we got we got some offensive line transfers basically. I, I guess we'll see if they're good and if they gel together as a group with the new coaching staff and everything. But um the first one is uh offensive lineman Chris Fournier, who he played in 31 games, started 27. Uh 23 of those were at left tackle for Lehigh, which is um in the Patriot League in FCS. Um and I toured that school out of high school. Oh, did you? Where is this? Yeah, Pennsylvania. He is ah. also from Ontario. So a couple of Canadian dudes transferred oh, in. Oh, but- fuck yeah, bud. <laughs> We're trying to get that CFL connection to continue. We're doing the CFL connection in reverse. So this guy, Chris Fournier, he's six foot four, two eighty nine. Um, He's played in 31 games, you know, uh, really has just comes in with a lot of experience. So I think that, this is nothing but good to get a person with this much experience to to come into tech when, you know, the offensive line was the biggest issue last season. And, you know, he's the first of many. So who who we got next here, Nathan? Yeah, um, I'll raise you with the number one sender in Louisiana out of high school, ranked by 24-7 Sports, and that's Kelton Hollins who originally went to TCU and is now transferred to Louisiana Tech. He played 23 games for the Horned Frogs at both center and right guard. So add some flexibility to the offensive line. But I imagine he'll also start. Felt so sorry for us in the game earlier this season that he transferred to us. What a hero. (laughs) I I didn't even put that together because I've blacked out that game from my mind. Yes. Well, he did not. He just he felt so bad that he was like, you know what, guys, I got to take my talents for Rustin. Yeah, and you know, I don't know if this team has a uh, a like cemented center position um, from last season. I, I think um, what's well, his name, Cody Cody Russi transferred out. I don't remember if he was a center or not. But uh, um, anyway, it, it, this guy is definitely this is his last season. Um, he spent five seasons at TCU, <laughs> um, but with the COVID geez. extra year, he gets to uh, he gets to uh, you know play for us he played in seven of tcu's last eight games and started at center in all 11 games in 2018 that he appeared in so um and he was a team captain in 2018 so i mean uh, again getting a leader too here so uh yeah i I don't know which of these offensive linemen to be most uh excited about because they don't really have stats that we can you know look at like the the pass breakups for the defensive backs well i yeah you'd have to watch a watch the tape I, I trust the coaching more than I trust myself when it comes to rating it. Right. A- again, that's not even the last one, though. We've got another guy, Demarcus Gordon, transferring in from um, from Copiah Lincoln 
the community hell college is that? In, in Mississippi. Mississippi, right? Uh, yeah. Um, he appeared in 10 games for, uh, I guess, CLCC and earned second team honors in the MACCC. I don't know what that means, but uh, yeah, the, the Mac. Brutal. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, this guy though, six five three forty nine. So a fucking animal. Yeah, you, so, you haven't even said the best part yet. He's a sophomore. Yeah, big. Just sounds like no, fucking. But, but he may be on the bench this year. But with all the other transfers that we have coming in, but this is a guy that will be on this team for a few years. Yeah, it just sounds like and a he's fucking three hundred forty nine pounds. Jesus Christ! I mean, he is the heaviest player on the team using the official <laughs> weights. Big old boy. He's probably going to have to slim up a little bit. What's his natural position? Not sure. I okay. imagine a guard. I can't imagine him playing uh, careful. Yeah, oh, I was yeah. going to say he's no got to be a left or right guard. Yeah. Um, real quick, can we also talk about, and we'll have to talk about this later, uh, we have a freshman on the team, a defensive lineman named Dontrell Cobbs, whose official weight is 344 pounds. And he's oh, six my four. God. oh, my God. Man, we got some beefy motherfuckers on this team, man. Yeah, but... We have one we're more not offensive done. lineman, believe it or Jesus, not. Jesus, man. Skip, skip, you fucking madman. Before I even say his name, here's his height and weight. He is six foot seven, 319 pounds. God. Out of Arkansas, where he played last at ULM, where he was their right tackle at Samuel Williams. Yeah. This one, I think, may be the biggest one. He He's... And not by weight. I mean, like the the most important one. <laughs> but also He's, kind of by weight. Yeah, we really, really need tackles, and so we we got Chris Fournier from Lehigh, who's probably going to um, slot immediately into that left tackle position. But this guy played 33 games at ULM, including 16 starts at that right tackle position. Um, he started in eight games last season for ULM, and. I believe I remember seeing that he is a very highly regarded guy in terms of like the PFF numbers, but I couldn't couldn't find that those <coughs> tweets because he he's another one of those guys who announced his transfer like back in March or something. So, yeah, I mean, I've always thought that ULM should be our triple A minor league baseball program, basically, when it comes to just stealing their best players, but on our team because they're not using them for anything anyway. Six and foot so seven. I think this goes a long way. Six foot seven, three twenty is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, seriously, that, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Skip, you fucking madman. All right, you're so you're just, on board. 100% you're on board now, right? Oh, 200%. I'm blown away. I, I knew, I, I did not realize Tech got that many transfers, and I didn't realize that the quality was that high. I know that we haven't seen any of these fellas play, but based on resume, good Lord, uh, plugged a lot of holes that needed to be plugged in really important positions, it sounds like a totally, like seriously, like a totally revamped offensive. It's like he replaced every yeah. single offensive lineman. Uh, wide receiver and tight end, new blood there. Defensively, it sounds like there's basically not going to be any passes over two yards completed all season. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how we're looking at kicker or punter, but it sounds oh, like shoot. everything. Uh, we actually do. Nathan, I don't think this guy's on your list here, but we actually did get a, a, a kicker slash punter transfer. Um, I guess he's not listed on the roster. Caesar, yeah, uh, Caesar Barajas. Oh, so from Southern, huh? Yeah, uh, Bleed Tech Blue posted this as an article back in uh, back in May, so it's public. But um, yeah, he he played four seasons for Southern, 
And he told Ben at Bleed Tech Blue, quote, I've been in Louisiana for four years already, and I already felt at home and getting a chance to stay here was great for me. The coaches were supportive and always there for me throughout the recruiting process. I wonder where he's from. Watech is the place where I can see myself being the most successful. It just feels like home. Where's um, he from, so do you know? Arcadia, uh, Florida, officially. DeSoto High School. Oh, uh, that must be Southern Florida. So he last year he was four for four on field goals with a long of 49 and averaged 42.4 yards per punt. That is punts. that is not terrible. Let's go. Yeah, I think I think he's like gonna be the kicker, the place kicker. Yeah. I think this guy slates in as the punter um and maybe the kickoff specialist, but so we'll see in fall I, I camp. Jump the gun here, but it sounds like we're gonna be kind of fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, but one one more thing, because we've talked about these offensive players. Outside of Kendall and uh, and Henry Brooks, who do y'all think is the most important one? Who are you the most excited to see? And then we can go. And then we can just go off about how good this team will be. Uh, most important on the offense. Uh, well, earlier I said the quarterback's a big deal. We all know that that's an important one. It's got to be. I can't give it to one person. I would just say a revamped offensive line. Yeah, I don't think you can pick any one of those guys because I'm not sure who will start. I'm guessing most of them will. But collectively speaking, yeah, a great offensive line can turn a mediocre quarterback uh, into a quarterback that plays to their potential because they have more than two seconds to throw a football, like you mentioned much earlier. This sounds like the perfect storm. And I don't mean the bad George Clooney movie. I mean, the perfect storm for a bunch of players that haven't had great opportunities at other schools to come together at a new school at the perfect time to succeed to a degree that maybe the football program's never reached. Now, this could all end up going belly up and maybe Tech will underperform and only win five or six games and kind of limp our way into a bowl game. No one really knows, but now I really do believe there's a lot to be excited about. But your question was, who are you most excited about? I'm taking the whole offensive line because if they succeed, the rest of the guys succeed. Yeah, and I'll just agree with that, but I'll name a specific guy. I think I think it's Samuel Williams is the guy, um, you know, he's going to play right tackle, which is, I don't know if I assume Austin Kendall's probably right handed. So it's not his blind side, but I mean, the tackle play last year was the worst part of our entire team. So to shore up that position with the guy who's got 16 starts at that position, 33 games played at that position. I mean, that is absolutely huge. And, you know, he was getting, he was getting recruitment buzz when he announced he was transferring from Florida state, Arkansas and Texas among others. Okay. Yeah. That's so not bad. <laughs> he, he's clearly like, he's, he's not like out here earning like first team all conference or whatever in the sunbelt, but clearly other teams saw something in his tape that, you know, for skip to be able to lock him up. And I think he may have even been at spring camp. I'm not sure about that, but he signed in the early signing period in 2021. They announced like back in February or whatever that he was coming in. So um, I think maybe even bigger than the skill position players, because I think offensive line was the worst single unit on our entire team last year. I think that makes me uh, pick Samuel Williams as our, you know, the dark horse or whatever for top offensive player coming in. And while we're running a little long, so I'll make my answer short. Ivan Thomas, the tight end, will catch the touchdown pass that beats UAB. This oh, year. wow. Hot take. So okay. That's my pick. I'll I, take hope, it. I hope we're all right. Yeah. And so we've talked a lot about football. And like I said, we're running a little bit short on time. 
Um, so let's kind of quickly go through the other kind of headline things because this is a general off-season podcast. Uh, I think the biggest news is that Eric Conkle, the basketball coach, has been extended through the 2025-26 season. Um, the dollar amounts are non-public. I haven't seen them posted anywhere, but they are available on Blue Tech Blue if you pay for the subscription there. Um, but what do y'all feel about Conkle being extended as the Bulldog basketball coach? Uh, Tech's never won the never won the conference under him. Uh, have they even won their division under him? Uh, there's not really, really a divisions a this division. year. Yeah, we but won. We didn't do them before and this. We year. won the division the one year they did it. Right. Well, yes. and hasn't really gone far in the NIT. Hasn't obviously made what? an appearance at the big dance. But third place. We won third place in the NIT. Yeah, we made it to the final four of the NIT. I don't oh, know. I didn't even. See, that shows you how much I pay attention to basketball. Uh, yeah. I do know that we have Kenny Lofton on the team, which is enough to make me want to watch more games. I think he's the reason why Conkle got this extension. I think because you're trying well, to keep Lofton here. That could, and even though, maybe that even though the extension is past when Lofton will be here, by saying we are committed to your coach, things are not going to change for you, so you should stay here. I think that's a pretty big, big statement. I don't think Kenny would have left anyway. He doesn't seem like the type of player. He'd be like, wow, I had a really good freshman year. I'm leaving. Yeah, yeah. This is my conspiracy theory. Put on the the aluminum foil hat and everything. Yeah, I would I just say about this that it feels like we're at the beginning of something, and I'm 100% on board with Conkle. I mean, I know in the past we've all kind of been like, oh, man, you got to win the conference to show me something. It feels like that is around the corner and – you know, with the core we've got right now, uh, Lofton, Crawford, Kobe Williams, I mean, it's big things are coming for basketball. So I'm I'm on board. Yeah. And so that's enough basketball talk right there. We talked 45 minutes, 50 minutes about football, uh, five minutes on basketball. Let's spend five more minutes on baseball. Parker Bates, the former Louisiana Tech Bulldog, was drafted in the ninth round by the Kansas City Royals, Matt's team. Hey, that's a team that I like. <laughs> I'm a little salty with your team, though, because the the pick that he was selected in, Parker Bates, was the slot value for that pick. So the amount that is kind of considered the normal amount to sign a player that gets picked in that slot is $158,000 as a signing bonus, basically. Parker Bates was signed for $17,500, so off by a factor of 10. Wow, that sounds like something Dayton Moore would do. <laughs> how I, I mean uh, we don't need to get into this but can you just explain like very fast how the fuck that makes any sense like i thought if your valued pick is 158 like how do you not get paid that i don't understand bates could have said screw you i'm going back to tech to play another year and get drafted and hopefully get paid more but a lot of times college kids get screwed in this area because the kansas city knows parker bates would much rather just enter the minor leagues right now than go back to play at and, tech for another year and especially Parker Bates without COVID wouldn't have been even being able to head back to tech for another year. He's not, he's not eligible. This was his senior COVID year. Yeah, so so, he, so he was it's either you take the $17,500 or you sit out a year without playing any baseball anywhere and then try to get drafted again, and get probably paid even less. So it's another way that the minor league baseball system is all kinds of screwed up when it comes to the actual players. Uh, I watched a horrible doc YouTube video where a fellow talked about life in the minors and it was very depressing. Yeah. So I, I hope that does not befall Parker. I hope he's very successful. Yeah. 
And it will be three to five years before we even see him in a major league uniform if everything goes right. But I really hope that I can fly out and visit Matt, go see the Space Museum and all the stuff that we cut out earlier, and then also go see Parker Bates take the field as a Kansas City Royal. And hit a a grand slam against the Cardinals that makes them win by one point in a walk-off. And... And bounces off whatever foul po- or like off the concourse and bounces directly to me behind home plate. As you cry, and I catch the ball and I cry. <laughs> and he comes and embraces us because he recognizes us from our podcast. Yes. Um, but last thing up, but last thing up, I guess, is the tweet of the week. Uh, Evan, you shared something that you you think qualifies. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it doesn't have anything to do with what we talked about this week, except for our brief reference to Kenneth Lofton Jr. So. Kind of carrying on in the theme of last week's show, uh, Ben Retzlaff, who is the a uh, tech men's basketball graduate assistant and graphic design um, person, tweeted out, I heard the USA needs players for the Olympics. Here's three potential replacements. And it's uh, Chet Holmgren, Junior Lofton, and Jonathan C. Davis. And then he edited together a, a like, those three players standing on top of a some kind of fighter uh, plane, you know, in their USA jerseys. So it's uh, just a, a nice little topical thing from when Team USA kept losing games in their Olympic tune-ups. Um, you know, hey, Kenneth Lofton, I'm sure is available to go to Tokyo. I'm just saying. That about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Untie podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T. D-I-E. Or head to our blog at gtpdd.dog, where I have a post up last week about transfer quarterback Austin Kendall. 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 Austin Kendall. Kendall. Austin the Kendall. Yes. Um, I'll also have another post up hopefully later this week, basically in the Skip Holtz era. What have been Tech's most unlucky games using math to figure it out? Um, and that will be up later this week at gtpdd.dog. I have a feeling I'm going to be very sad about that. Yeah, and then I'll have another one up in a few more weeks about the, the lucky games that Tech won when they shouldn't have. Um, also, in, in the next few weeks, we're going to be launching some merch on our website. Um, I'm currently doing uh, recording this while wearing a GTPDD tank. Um, because Whoa. I wanted to get a sample of, of what was happening before actually selling it to people. And so just keep an eye on that. Again, the whole blog and the website and the shop and everything, that's at gtpdd.dog. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And go tech. Please don't die. Wide receiver and the offensive lineman dress up like the guys from Out for a Rip and oh make a God. skit. We will I win want... every game, fifteen and zero. Look at play offensive line while on horseback for a mounted <laughs> police. Well, it depends on if you put a dart in your buddy's cold, eh? <laughs> See, I don't get the reference you're making, so I have to continue oh, with my own Canadian been. stereotypes. Nathan, you, you have, have to watch Out for a Rip. You have to, Nathan. You have no idea okay. what you're about to get yourself into.